The following live broadcast is recommended by the Imperial Council in the belief that your commitment to remain upstanding citizens will be reinforced. It is required viewing for all members of the Imperial Forces. Time now for Life on Tatooine. Brought to viewers everywhere in the hope that our own lives may be uplifted by the comparison and enriched with the gratitude of relief. This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and is hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. So, Liz, who's the coolest person in your family? In my family? In your um, family. That's a really tough one. <laughs> uh, we've got quite a gambit of cool going on in my family. Oh. Um, my favorite person is my brother, who taught me uh, about loving Star Wars. So, maybe he is? That's a good answer. Yeah. That made it, my dad's pretty cool, too. I don't know. My dad's pretty cool, but... We're quite a nerdy family. Yeah, my dad. My dad's a super nerd. And I didn't realize this until I grew up. It's just like, well, let's see. He collected baseball cards. He was in the Lord of the Rings. He's the one who wanted a Nintendo. My dad's a huge nerd. I love that. I love discovering <laughs> it when you're older, because when you're younger, that's just who your dad is. It's not like something yep. special or different. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have anything to compare it to. <laughs> All right, so let's say you and your family are waiting for your cool relative, your brother in this case, to arrive for Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Now imagine you put on a live webcam of y'all just running around and getting ready and doing nothing until he arrives. And also, the Third Amendment doesn't exist, and your entire family only speaks like... <laughs> and that is the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> That is the most accurate description I've probably ever heard of it. It is. <laughs> and therein begins uh, our episode for today. Welcome to the 40th annual Life Day episode of the Advent Calendar House, a one-year-old podcast by me, four-armed celebrity chef in highly offensive makeup, Mike Westfall. <laughs> and joining me <laughs> joining me tonight is a rebel spy and a traitor from Nerd in the City. It's Liz Twachman. Welcome, Liz. Hello, I'm so glad to be here. I'm very busy trying to get plans to the Rebels, but I took some time out to talk to you. I highly appreciate it, especially since it was trudging through this highly unusual TV special that was thrown together just a year after Star Wars. This, and we both missed this on account of not being born yet when it first aired uh, on CBS in November 1978. It's true. I was not born. No, neither <laughs> was I. Uh, but somehow it still manages to survive despite George Lucas's real actual threat to destroy every known copy of it if only he had two things, time and a hammer. I mean, he, I think, really made a valiant effort to discourage everybody from watching it <laughs> and making it as impossible to get as, as anyone could in this day and age. Yeah, for for many, many years, I had no idea it existed. Then the internet happened. Well, let's go through, what was your first exposure to this? Um, I grew up as a big Star Wars nerd, um, obviously. Um, And my friends and I would watch it at at each of our birthday parties. Like, we're always Star Wars themed. Oh, wow. So we would always pick one of the movies or we'd play, like, our own. We had this Star Wars game show that we made up. Um... 
and we'd play that or we'd all, we all had our own character. And so we'd, I don't know, it was always Star Wars centric pretty much, except for that one that was about Star Trek. So I don't, <laughs> we got a little one. off course, but, um, my friend's dad had a VHS of the Star Wars holiday special, I think. Wow. And I think my dad was like, it's honey, it's time to tell you about <laughs> The, the holiday special because he loves Star Wars so much. <laughs> I don't know if that was a gift or a curse. I had no idea this existed until about 19 years old. Um, someone who is now a friend of mine on the internet, Matt, who who runs the site DinosaurDracula.com, hmm. on his old website, one of the first things he ever posted was an article called, let me look up the title here, Something George Lucas Would Rather We All Forget Exposed. <laughs> And here was this very real Star Wars holiday special. At first, I thought, this can't be real. And then this was written in the year 2000. So it's these tiny little thumbnail screenshots on a very <laughs> on a web page that if you looked at it now, it was like very skinny column of text because everybody only had like 800 by 600 monitors back in 2000. But that was the first I had heard of it. And then very shortly afterward, because it's the Internet and things are easy to find, I found a copy and I just it's an hour long and I'm just like what did I just see <laughs> it's I feel like that's probably how I felt too um my favorite part is I ordered a copy on eBay when I was old enough to have an eBay oh. account uh, on VHS and it has all the commercials still I think a lot of people have that like oh, the wow. VHS. you have commercials oh yeah I had commercials the actual real like 19. 19- 70s commercials and everything. Oh, so. man. Oh, yeah. I had a friend in college burn it, it on a DVD to me, and I don't know whether he never had the commercials or whether oh they were edited God. out or what, but... Did he go through and edit them out? I don't know. It's a pretty clean edit, so... Wow. I feel like you're missing something, though, if you don't have the commercials. They're so vital. <laughs> they, you know, I can say that, too. The only copy of Muppet Family Christmas, which is my favorite holiday thing ever has commercials and I refuse to watch it without and I refuse to even go near the DVD copy because that shreds it up even more due to music rights. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what kind of commercials are on there? Oh my gosh. I, I've, I've watched it so many times. Yeah. I don't have them all like clearly memorized. <laughs> I know that every time, like we're always like, Oh, this one, I don't know. I feel like there's probably a Pepsi commercial on there from the seventies. And like, I don't know. Uh, Maybe well no I don't know if that's on that one I don't know so some ser- I'm gonna have to go back and watch that VHS copy for just for you well thank you <laughs> and, like do a full report on the commercial do like a whole addendum here yeah. are the commercials that'd be worth yeah. it to me but yeah bonus content all the commercials perfect on. <laughs> here you go but we open and it's just night and day difference between movie quality and 70s tv quality that i think my kids and this generation are just never going to know that there was that vast of a budget difference that you would get such a different quality because we're opening in you see han and chewie trying to escape uh imperial starfleet in the falcon and it looks like daylight is coming into their cockpit (laughs) in the middle of space and that's the first thing we see it's true. And then we have these opening graphics, and it's just burned into the screen. It's not that fancy yellow text crawl. It's like 
you're watching a TV show from the 1970s where they're trying to do the graphic edit on the TV and it's all fuzzy. Yeah, and the other thing that's funny about it is that they went very, like, variety show. They really did. Style, which if you watch Star Wars A New Hope, you like, your first thought isn't, like, you know what this needs is, like, this but, like, a variety show. Yeah, really? <laughs> Who was watching it being, like, you know what what this needs is B. Arthur, Diane Carroll, and R. Carney. It's like, just what's missing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yet here we are somehow. I don't, like... Why? <laughs> and like they have that, like you have an announcer like going through the credits. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Who is wearing the most makeup of any man ever that wore makeup. Even like 80s rock stars didn't wear as much eyeliner and makeup as he is wearing in this. Well, do you know the story behind that? Is it right after the accident? It's right after the car accident. Oh, okay. Was it a car accident? Uh, I just know it's the accident. Some sort of an accident that banged up his face quite a bit. So at least that's the story that I heard. That that's why he's got enough foundation on his face to hold up a building. Like, I know that that's why he, like, everything in, in Empire Strikes Back, you know, his face is like that because of the accident. I didn't know it had happened so soon, um, right before this, I guess. That's new. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I hope so. You. I believe that that's why. <laughs> why else would he? It doesn't yeah. make sense. But they go through and they announce uh, every main character by actor name, which I found interesting at the beginning of a story like this. And then and then R2-D2 as R2-D2, which I thought was cute. R2-D2 as R2-D2. <laughs> yeah. But then we get, uh, we're introduced to Chewbacca's family who do not get real credits. We're just introduced to them as Chewie's relatives. Introducing Chewbacca's family. Right. They just gave up after R2-D2, and then we, we are introduced to he has a wife, Mala, mm-hmm. a father named Itchy, who looks more like a like a Yeti snowman, and then a little son named Lumpy. That's true. These are very Star Wars names. Well, and you, they have full names, too, which is funny. Yeah. They're like... They all have, like, Chewbacca full names. Right. Like, Kashyyyk full names. Yeah. But the fact that they went with Mala, Itchy, and Lumpy, like, what were they, why were they so lazy to come up with Itchy and Lumpy it's and li- Chewy? <laughs> it's like when a white person gets a tattoo in Chinese characters and ends up being something like dishwasher. Right, and, like, didn't, like, check to see how, how dumb it was. Yeah. <laughs> At least Mala's is, like, a name. Right. The others are like conditions, like <laughs> lumpy like and itchy. Condition. Yeah, <laughs> Mala at least sounds like it would be a Wookiee's name, but yeah, like Mala and Chewie can go together, and then yes. like lump, I don't know, Lumpy and Itchy are just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> They're dwarf names. That is, that's true. Sleepy, happy, Doc, Itchy, Lumpy. Yeah, or like Dick Tracy characters. Itchy's an actual Dick Tracy character now that I think about it, but. No. No. But uh, we open on Chewie's lovely house in this beautiful treehouse village in Kashyyyk. And how much did you want to live there? Yes. You know what? I'm kind of sad that Star Wars hasn't, like, I mean, uh, that Disney hasn't, like, taken Kashyyyk as 
something to create, you know, in the new Star Wars land and or in Disney at all. Because I feel like it would be amazing. I know. At the very least, at the very least, they have that Treehouse Villas resort that's like way back behind Springs that they could do something with. Yes. That's true. Like, I think that's where they uh, they house the college program, kids. That would be cool. I could be Yeah, because Sheik is amazing. I can see, like, how they get, you know, Endor out of having wanted to be in Kashyyyk. It's so similar. Oh, yeah. A different, you know. When you go back and watch that, and the Ewok yeah. village looks exactly like that. Right. They're like, you're like, oh, okay. They definitely wanted to do Kashyyyk, but didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is true, and we all know that it's true, but, like, it's funny to watch it. And then inside is a very contemporary-looking 70s house, like, complete with olive green carpet. A very normal-looking space house. Mala's style is on point (laughs) with the decade. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's got the apron on, and she's getting ready for... I mean, okay, it's the Star Wars holiday special, but it aired in November before Thanksgiving, so... You hear holiday special and you think Christmas, but this is very much more of a Thanksgiving style special. Yes. Well, Life Day is before Christmas, so. Oh, well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Makes so much sense. Obviously. Couldn't air on, <laughs> like, near Christmas. No. And when I had first looked it up, I thought, okay, this is very Thanksgiving. I thought it was maybe in between, like, a Black Friday thing or even a Thanksgiving night thing. No, it's the week before. Yeah. It's pretty early on in the season. And especially for back then. Yeah, no one's even looking for a holiday special on November 17th. Like, Well, maybe these days, but not in 1978. Yeah, these days, like, Hallmark's already gearing up for, like, their oh, yeah. Christmas stuff now. Halloween's over and Christmas like that. Whatever. The, Hallmark came out with a Christmas bracket for their Christmas movies, like, in March. And I was like, this is un- unacceptable. What? Wow. <laughs> So they would fully support something way before Christmas. They <laughs> Hallmark does Star Wars. That's what this is. That's what this is a very is. Hallmark Star Wars special now that you mention it. Wow. Right? Oh, yeah. And here it's just like five, ten minutes of just following the Wookiee family around trying to prepare for Chewie's arrival. While Han and Chewie are trying to escape this Starfleet, they're trying to get back to Chewie's home for Life Day which is what seems like mostly a Wookiee-celebrated holiday when we get to the end there. His friends show up because they care about him, and we see... Okay, so, little peek behind the curtain here. We are recording this very shortly after Solo, A Star Wars Story has been released in theaters. We have both seen it. What did you think of it, first of all? Um, I liked it more than I thought I was going to. Same. Uh, Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I was super skeptical about Alden playing Han, given the age mm-hmm. and the fact that we've seen a young Harrison Ford at like similar age. You know, it's this is supposed to what I I read that this is ten years before. Okay. That's about right. Yeah. We've seen Harrison in this time frame, so it's like we know exactly what he looks like and how <laughs> he is. Not like a mystery. No. But they so. pulled it off. They did. It was really fun. There were yeah. a couple things that really like graded me, like how Han got his last name was the stupidest thing <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> I laughed so hard because I was just like, oh, I can't believe they went with that. What have they done? Like, <laughs> yeah. Why? 
And the other thing that really bothered me was the dice because I know that they were in A New Hope for like the one shot and the whole thing, like whatever. But no one was here like, hey, why aren't those dice in anything? You know what I mean? And now Disney was like, hey, let's put the dice in not only The Last Jedi, but give the stupid dice a backstory. But they didn't even give the dice a backstory. No. So I was a little like, why are you doing the most like obvious product placement garbage? But I guess that's, you know, <laughs> hi, Ewoks and Borgs. So that's true. It's not like that's out of the realm of Star Wars. <laughs> and well, we're talking about a Christmas special where they tried to do it the year after the movie. And she's like, all right, you are now somehow all contractually obligated to do this mess. Yeah. You know what? It's not even like an obvious cash grab because like, you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of like merch around the holiday special or like, I don't know how this was like the big monetary win. Yeah. I don't know, but just to keep it in their mind, like everybody's minds, like keep star Wars around. It could be it. I mean, they were clearly getting ready um, to start shooting the empire strikes back. So this was in franchise mode. And I guess this was how to keep it kind of in the national spotlight and keep it in everybody's minds that, Hey, more of these are coming. I think anyone who thinks that George went off the rails with the prequels wasn't paying attention to this. Oh, no. This started right from the get-go. Because the prequels are a triumph compared to this. Oh, yeah. Well, and even if you read, like, his earlier drafts until he got to what would end up being A New Hope, it's just the mess was all there. Yeah. He just had to kind of iron it out and give it to us in portions. Well, and get his collaborative team that helped him really refine it. Where were they for the holidays? (laughs) yes they were like i don't know george this is all you bro we don't get it he's like i'm doing it (laughs) so earlier i sent you this image uh courtesy of a good friend of mine john boyce that he did for sb nation of all places a few years back he had written about the star wars holiday special and he put together this chart of how much screen time everybody in the promotional material for this got And it's pretty absurd. You see, like, okay, Chewie gets 15 minutes. This special is, he's the hero of this special. And you see that uh, in the middle and very much in the end, especially. Uh, But then you have, like, Han's only in it for four minutes out of an hour. Leia's in it for six. Luke's in it for two minutes. There's a picture of the Death Star on this poster. It's not in this at all. I like how Death Star and X-Wing both got, like, on this. Yeah, just like, here are some things you recognize. One doesn't exist anymore in this timeline. Darth Vader's mention. Darth Vader's in this for 21 seconds. <laughs> uh, now, okay, on this poster it says that the screen time is, the run time is 88 minutes minus the cartoon. Who's minusing the cartoon? That's the best part of the whole thing. It is the best part of the whole thing. I think he was just trying to separate that from... Because it was the good part. Just like, here's, yeah, here's what makes up the rest. Um, An hour, two minutes, and 53 seconds of Chewie's family, or as John labeled it, these Wookiees who you've never heard of before and don't have any lines, they just make noises. And it's a lot of that. So that makes most of this special feel like we have been watching it for five months. Yeah. I mean, I have fully fallen asleep in the middle of it and woken up and been like, how is this still on? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, because you, you watch it every year. Yeah, we do. We do at least watch portions of it. <laughs> we watch our favorite part. Uh-huh. So <laughs> with commercials and with the animated portion, it's a two-hour event on TV, and at least half of it is just, let's follow the Wookiees as they don't have any English lines. Well, yeah, and on this poster, the description is, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo battle evil Imperial forces to help Chewbacca reach his imperiled family on the Wookiee planet in time for life day, their most important day of the year. And that makes it seem like Luke and Han have a really like important part to play. And yet uh, they don't. None of that happens. (laughs) Again, you see Luke for two minutes on a call in his super fancy makeup. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. Uh, but, But what you do see, it does hit a lot of beats on holiday meal prep. You have Lumpy trying to steal a cookie and then they take a photo of Chewie and worry about him because he's still stuck at work for what seems like 20 minutes. Lots of Mala looking off into the middle distance longingly for Chewie. Yeah. (laughs) You see Lumpy just like restless running around like a child inside and then they kind of shoo him outside and that reminds you that the house is 100 feet up a giant tree because he starts walking on the edge and that's when my dad mode kicks in, and it's just like, oh, geez, this is about to go south. No, he's fine, and he's back in the house 30 seconds later. You get down off of there right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we get to, this is start of the time-wasting things, where we watch Lumpy watch this crazy circus show on his holodeck. <laughs> and I guess that's like watching the Thanksgiving parade. We're watching someone else watch TV for way too much of this special. It's true. That is like a lot of it, is just watching them watch things. Yeah, there's that. There's Mala puts on a cooking show with... All right, let me jump down on my notes here, because that one's special. Isn't that with Harvey Corman? That's the one... Yes, Harvey Corman's in that one, yeah. and he shows up multiple times. Where did you know Harvey Corman from before? Did, is this what you know him from? Oh, yeah. No, this is what I know Harvey Corman. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, he's when I watched this, he was already the Blazing Saddles guy for me, like the villain from that. Yeah, I had. I mean, I've seen Blazing Saddles, but I was like too young to watch it as a kid. So I didn't watch it till I was much older. Um, okay. And I didn't watch much of the Carol Burnett show when I was a little no, neither did I. I have a. I had a friend who was my age who was really into it just because he was really into Annie. So it's just like, well, sure. I'm kind of sad he never watched the Danny Kay show, which is apparently yeah. where he got his start because the Danny Kay is like one of my OG like favorites. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I feel like I should have in, been introduced to him there, but I wasn't. It was definitely my first introduction to Harvey Corbin. <laughs> wow. We're learning so much about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, On the cooking show, he's this Julia Child-looking female alien in blackface. Yep. And... They did that. Oh, dear. This has not aged well. Is it with four arms? With the four... Well, the forearms show up later as kind of the gag. It's just as he gets more eccentric with the stirring, and it's like, stir, whip, stir. I'm going to put that sound clip in here so I don't sound like an idiot. Stir, whip, stir, whip. Whip, 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 stir. Come on, faster all together now. Cooking can be fun. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. Wah! Having fun, having fun. All right? <laughs> that 
That is right. You're right. You're right. Okay, I'm remembering. But he gets really into the stirring and the whipping and the beating, and here come these extra arms, and then Mala just gives up on whatever she's cooking, and then we go on to another scene. Uh, and then you have Lumpy watching the cartoon. Let's talk about the cartoon for a bit. Okay. Let's get to some good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, I, First introduction of Boba. Yes, this is where we first meet Boba Fett. It's shocking to me that this is his introduction, by the way. I know. Uh, like knowing what we know now, it's crazy to think that. It is. Uh, and even crazier, he's riding on a dinosaur. And the, the graphics are awesome. The graphics are awesome. This was produced by uh, Nelvana, which they do a lot of Nickelodeon things. But back then, they had, uh, this is just a year removed from their first animated special called A Cosmic Christmas, which is this same animation style. It reminds me of the animation style in the beginning of Grease. Yes. When they're doing the, the Grease is the Word. It mm-hmm. reminds me of that so oh, yeah. much. Very 70s. It reminded me, but it's not the same company. But I'm sure they shared a lot of, like, animators or something. But did you ever watch that creepy Raggedy Ann and Andy movie? No. Oh, man. Okay, at one point they uh, run into this big, giant glop monster called the Greedy. And it is one of the creepiest things ever shown to children. It's a glop monster? That's the best. Yeah, he's like made out of taffy or something. And it's just... <laughs> That sounds so weird. He's like gigantic and his eyes are like rolling out of his liquidy head and it's no. Nope. Oh, oh yeah. No. That sounds like a fun cartoon yeah, to watch. Yeah. It's like it's creepy and a weird. Uh, another thing I would compare it to is the animation style of Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only decade that can get away with that stuff is absolutely <laughs> everyone oh, was on yeah. drugs. Oh yeah. No. Once 1980 rolled around everything looked like G.I. Joe. It's just yeah. like, all right, we're staying on model. Everything is either G.I. Joe or Thundercats. That's true. Yeah. They did make a big switch for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very pleased they did. But here we see Luke trying to rescue Han and Chewie, who has crashed on some planet with a pink ocean. As one does. Yes. Uh, but what I like about this is Luke is wearing his awesome yellow jacket from the end of A New Hope. Yes, which ties that in. Right? Because where did he get it from? I don't know. I don't care where he got it from. I just want him to wear it more. Yeah, because it is really awesome. Because then he he's like, yeah, it's like he went in Han's closet or something and got like the best outfit oh, ever. Yeah. yeah, it might be from Han's he- closet. Might be from Lando's closet. <laughs> Somehow. I mean, Lando's fashion in Solo was so on point. Oh, yeah. Donald Glover is the man. I loved him as Lando. Oh, he was the perfect... He was probably my favorite part of that whole movie. Him and NL337 uh, together. Thank you. I have been seeing such hatred towards L3. Why? From a lot of guys. and I. Was oh, from a lot like, of guys? Well, no, don't listen to them. Yeah. They're dumb. Yeah. Thank you. They were like, she's too shrill and she starts a revolution and she's annoying about it. I was like, or she's awesome. It wasn't annoying. I heard some people say that like it was played off as too much of a joke and it's just like, haha, the robot wants equal rights. It's just like, well, I mean. I thought it was amazing. I, yeah, I don't think they treated it as a joke at all. I think it, it worked, but it, it worked in only that this sort of setting could make it work. Well, it also really worked the fact that she ended up sort of integrated into the Falcon. It gives her more, it gives the Falcon more personality. 
I do. Oh. It kind of, and then you can kind of write off some things. It's just like, oh, the system's down all of a sudden for no reason. Oh, it's L3. Now we know. Yeah. The only thing that I would have like a little comment to say that I was like, really? Was like the like insinuation that Lando and L3 have like some sort of a droid human love affair. I was like, why? <laughs> I mean, I get that Lando is like pansexual to that level that he's like right. aliens, humans, men, women, doesn't matter. Also droids. I was like, that's okay, <laughs> I guess. Sure. <laughs> that's, that was a bit much for me personally, but I get it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Let's get back to this terrible animated cartoon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we see Boba Fett is, uh, he's riding on a dinosaur Luke's trying to ask, see if he's run into Han and Chewie. They ran into some dragon creature. And, and Boba Fett makes an off comment like no lower life form is worth going hungry for. Oh, no, it's it's Boba Fett's dinosaur. They feed him something, like a whole pack of thing. And Boba's like, don't do that. He'll be fine. But the way he said it, it's just like no lower life form is worth going hungry for. So you see, it was like right away. It's like, well, you gave away that he's evil already. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they spoil it a little. They don't spoil it. They reveal it a little later, but here we go. Uh, but 3PO immediately doesn't trust him. R2 absolutely doesn't trust him. Uh, and he makes a comment that 3PO translates to friend is merely a term that is often misused, which I thought mm. was yeah. very poignant for, for both of them. But Yeah, agreed. So... Chewie and Han were looking for some sort of talisman, and I forget what it was supposed to do. Um, he was trying to destroy it, and Luke suddenly comes in, and then he just starts glowing and faints immediately. Well, so it's like that they're, like, infected by the sleeping virus caused by the talisman? Yeah. And then Luke gets the virus, and... And Han got it. It apparently only affects humans. Well, so how did... Fett get involved in helping save them, helping get the cure. He had run into them, and then they went together to find Han and Chewie. Here they found him. Uh-oh, Han's knocked out because of this sleeping virus. Now Luke is, too. So Chewie is left to be led by Boba Fett to find an antidote serum in the city on this planet. I guess it's funny that Fett was, like, on board with helping, given that we know who he is, you know? What was the agenda? I forget. I don't know. Well, he, you know, he, he locates the serum, but then he calls Darth Vader on right. a little payphone picture phone thing because it's 1978. <laughs> <laughs> and then R2 intercepts the call. He somehow intercepts. Well, I guess they're checking on Chewie and I guess, I don't know. I don't know how they intercept that call. Yeah. I don't. Maybe they had not Boba Fett gave him like his number. Like reading through the description, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> No, it's just all of a sudden you see Darth Vader on the Falcon screen. Right. But I remember but, thinking it made perfect sense back then. It was the best part of it. Now I'm reading it. I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, everybody knows. Well, we got to cram this into nine minutes. How can we reveal this? Ah, no one will notice. <laughs> it's not like we're going to be talking about this 40 years down the line. This special's 40 years old this year. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Right? Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So then it says they get the cure. They get the cure. Everyone recovers from the virus magically, obviously. And then our, uh, 
No, Luke says, like, thanks, Boba Fett, calls him a friend and faithful ally, and R2 immediately calls him out. Right, they learn of, it says they learn of Fett's true allegiances. And then Fett blasts away, it says Fett blasts away in his jetpack, promising that they'll meet again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's just, it's very quick. They wake up, Luke thanks Boba Fett, R2, uh... It's like... No, 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 no. Snitches and 3PO translates it's just like, uh, actually, this guy's Darth Vader's right-hand man, so maybe you shouldn't be calling him a faithful ally. Yeah. Also, you know the backstory that we need is, like, how Vader and Boba Fett, like, became allies, you know? Do we know that? Because I know, I think they probably dealt with it in the Legends canon, but now it's not canon anymore, you know? They might have, but... Really, all they say here is Darth Vader says, I, well, now I know why they call you the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. And I guess by nature, a bounty hunter is someone for hire. So, yeah, Vader so hires him. just hired. Yep. Rather than like, an, but if he works with him more often, there suggests more of a relationship, especially because, well, he never met him when he was young. Right. Just, I guess I just want more of a connection there. with like an Anakin young Boba Fett connection because I love the Anakin backstory. There you go. Yeah. Well, we got some. That's true. <laughs> so then. Then there's the other thing that we're watching. So Lumpy gets that. It's a present from from Art Carney who shows up as kind of a trade shop dealer on Kashyyyk here, uh, and he has a run in with. Imperial troops who are kind of on every planet now looking for these uh, rebel sympathizers. So uh, there's one looking through a shop and then eventually they come to Chewie's house kind of looking. They have I don't know whether they have someone stationed at every house or if they just are somehow suspicious of this one. Hey, there was a Wookiee. Yeah, go check out this house. But only this one. Right. It seems like they'd be really understaffed for the entire planet of Kashyyyk. Yeah. But... So Lumpy's watching his cartoon on a gift from him, and then his gift to Itchy, which <laughs> he makes it he like he starts telling us just like you're gonna really like this one. Wow, so, you're gonna love this, Itchy. Oh yeah, he gives him like this. It's like a VR headset with a cassette that's basically softcore porn. Yeah, it's virtual reality fantasy porn of Diane Carroll <laughs> in a family special for families and children yeah and it's like full on she's like oh oh yeah oh yes I can feel my creation <laughs> I'm getting your message are you getting mine <laughs> oh oh we are excited aren't we but only in the setup. Like, the song itself is pretty tame. It's, just, it's all in the setup of just, can I tell you a secret? I find you adorable. <laughs> and then Itchy, like, gets super excited about that part and rewinds it to hear it again. And it's just... I'll tell you a secret. And he's just sitting there with like his like uh, underbite grown face, like. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, we cut back to Itchy way too much in this. It's, 
I'm not okay with it. I was not. How did you feel as a woman watching this? I don't think I register. Like when you watch things as a kid, you don't register them. Like they make no sense. I guess not. Like I remember off topic five seconds. I remember watching Dirty Dancing as a kid. Oh, yeah. It wasn't until I was older that I even realized there was an abortion in it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I, that went I, way over my head. Yeah, I had no idea. So I just, I, like, when I watched this as a kid, I don't think I even knew what porn was. So I wasn't like, hey, Dad, isn't this Wookiee porn? But now, like, whenever we watch it, we joke about the Wookiee porn. It's like one of our oh, yeah. favorite parts to joke about. <laughs> We're like, here comes the Wookiee porn. Fast but, forward. Yeah. No. Back then, it's just like, oh, you imagined a friend. Right. We always fast forward it and it's so long. It's like such a long scene. I know. It's at least four minutes. It's so long. Just for the song itself. And then before that, setting it up, the awkward setup is like another two minutes. Yeah, with all the moaning and the groaning. Oh, yeah. And it's not like explicit, but if you're in on the joke, it's just like, come on, really? I mean, did you see the Honest trailer for it? No. Okay, it just came out. Oh, we got a link to this. Yeah, yeah. It just came out right before Solo, so it's brand new. Oh, um, And you should watch it. They definitely deal. They they talk about. Oh, they have porn. to. We'll keep going. It's all the <laughs> um, uh, it's all the extra Star Wars spinoffs. So it's the Wookiee one. Okay. The Adventures of Endor one. Um, all right. There's one other one, and then that one. So it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely watch it. Oh man! Because they they nail it. They nail it. They're like, and the best part, the Boba Fett cartoon. That's like, what? <laughs> Here we go. They uh, totally nail it. So definitely watch it. It's totally relevant to this conversation. All right. Honest trailers. I'll put a show note out for it. But yeah, I will give props to Diane Carroll though. She was forty three years old when she did this. What? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! I had to look it up. I was just like, I mean, because I know, I know she's in her eighties now. I'm just like, wait, if she's in her eighties now, she was in her forties when she did this. I mean, Homegirl deserves to be in some softcore wiki porn. Then. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she earned that weirdo paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anybody like brings it up to her now. She's like, hey, remember that, that weird thing you did forty years ago, where you like uh, turned on a very old Wookiee snowman? Can you imagine if she's like at a con or like at a, I don't know if she goes to cons like what other re- probably not I don't know yeah let's say she's at the supermarket yeah, <laughs> and right? the guy there's like hey weren't you in the Star Wars holiday special <laughs> Do you think she's like don't talk to me about that right you can understand <laughs> if she shows up at like well we're at Dynasty Con eighteen and yeah, this right. is completely different I kind of wanted to come to the cons. As someone who was in the holiday special. There you go. Oh, man. Can you imagine her at Star Wars weekends? I feel like everyone would freak out. Like, people would freak out about it because it's it'd be so niche and weird that everybody right? knew would be like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> it's just like, well, we got this Clone Wars voice. Yeah, why not? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then right after Wookiee porn, we cut immediately to Princess Leia, which is not awkward at all. Yeah. Also, she's super useless in this. She's like, hey, I know you're in trouble, but why don't you go ask someone else? Right? I don't get that whole... <laughs> I know they had to have her in there, and she's wearing a lot of makeup in it, too. Like, she looks really she weird is. and overdone. 
I don't know whether it's the difference between movie cameras and TV cameras or if they tried to make her up because they knew it was different cameras or what. But Or they were trying to, like, make look, Luke look less <laughs> done up by having like, yeah. Leia be done up, too. I don't know. I don't know. She's definitely done up, like, really poorly. <laughs> this was the part of the special, listening to Leia, where I noticed that everybody's like going a little too on script here where it's just like will you please send either Chewbacca or Han Solo to the screen it's like everybody's referring to other characters by their full names like well, it's like weird copy and paste fan fiction I feel like this might be like their attempt at the like play the Force Awakens trailer during football you know what I mean it's like how can we get a new oh. group of people to be to buy into this oh I know a variety special prior to Thanksgiving. And also, we'll just make sure everybody knows all the names and everything. So say them all. <laughs> right. It's just you very know? strange that no one calls him Chewy except yeah. for Art Carney. Everybody's like full name basis Chewbacca. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know whether it's just like, look, we really need people to know which is the right toy to buy. <laughs> right. Ah. You must mean Princess Leia Organa of Aldron. Let's get her on the <laughs> phone. Yes. I'm sure I'm surprised they didn't come up with middle names for them. Right. I feel like George knows their middle names. They're oh, middle I'm names. sure they all have them. Yeah. All right. After that, we, we actually see Chewie and Han starting to approach Kashyyyk, but, you know, the planet's already surrounded by uh, Imperial troops, so they have to park on the north side of the planet. Which is a thing people say. <laughs> we'll just park in the, in the yeah, the itchy lot. You know, the north side of the planet. <laughs> yes. Uh, but the family hears the roar of starship engines over their house, and they answer the door excitedly. But nope, it's stormtroopers. No. And I think they sent the actual guy who was with Vader earlier for twenty seconds to Chewie's house. Oh. Pretty sure it's the same dude. I have to go back and look. He's like the captain, and then they have the guy in the black, like, dark helmet-looking guy, and then just two regular stormtroopers are all hanging out and searching Chewie's house to make sure that they, one, they know that the male adult member of the Wookiee house is not there. Art Carney's there trying to cover for him. And it's just like, oh, they had a huge fight because he was there delivering his Life Day gifts to the family. Yeah. Um, his ID checks out. And then he, like, kind of calls Mala into the kitchen to help him. That's where he stalls and preoccupies the troopers by making them watch a hologram boombox starring Jefferson Starship. Which, like, is hilarious. I love Jefferson Starship, but, like, what are they doing? <laughs> it's the musical guest, and they needed ten more minutes to fill that felt like seven weeks. Right. It's just part of the whole variety show mm -hmm. shtick. <laughs> right. But I'm, well, you know, that was like every 70s video back then felt like it was a month long. That's true. They did. So they that like, might have just been normal when this aired. Yeah. How long can we make this song, guys? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three minutes? No, no, no. Let's make it 12. All right. Now add a purple glowing lightsaber microphone. And also 17 choruses. How about that? Perfect. Done. Yeah. I will note that the singer kind of reminds me of Bill Pullman when he was Lone Star in Spaceballs. Oh. Which is just a very weird coincidence, but there it is. Valid. 
<laughs> valid point. <laughs> but is it this one that Boba Fett cartoon comes in? I thought it was later. No, Boba Fett comes in now. So they're watching Jefferson Starship, and then Lumpy's getting really anxious because he's a child uh, having his rights violated. Right. So <laughs> he was way woke. So the captain kind of like has tells him to go upstairs, and this is when he starts putting on the uh, the Boba Fett cartoon. Right, right. And in the middle, we cut to him getting all upset because Darth Vader's on there. So the captain's like, "Why are you upset? What are you watching over here?" So he's got to switch it over to like a video game he's playing on the same device. It's a prototype iPad, I guess. Ahead of the times. It's like, no, I'm switching apps. No, I'm playing this game and I'm frustrated at it. And then he's like, all right, carry on. And then he goes back to watching the cartoon. It's just like, oh, no, it's Darth Vader. I can't let them know that I don't like him. Which is sort of funny that Vader's in the cartoon and also, like, in the world. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and all of them are because, like, it's about it's about his dad. He's watching a cartoon about his dad. Right. But like is like you know how you know how your dad is in lots of cartoons that you watch? Like, oh yeah. How how did this cartoon come about for them? I mean, he is like the planet's hero now. That's true. I don't know. I don't know. It was only a year after the movie came out, but I don't know how much time they were supposed to have in between. Right. And Solo did us no favors. I went in the Solo hoping, all right, Chewie's family, come on, we need a connection. Nothing. All we got is that little kiss on the head with somebody who we don't know. Right? I'm going with Mala. I don't really care. Sure. (laughs) It's Mala. (laughs) There you go. My headcanon says yes. Headcanon accepted. Good. (laughs) So after the cartoon's done, the stormtroopers make a mess of Lumpy's room. They're knocking toys off the shelves. and They rip the head off a toy bantha that Lumpy, like, kind of gives a toy funeral to. (laughs) Puts a blanket over it, and it looks like he shuts his eyes, and it's like, oh, man, that's depressing. It's also super weird. It's weird, and then the captain, like, the the Imperial captain kind of tells him, like, go clean up your room. The one that we just demolished. Right. Then he smiles to Mala, like, that will keep him busy for a while. Like, she's in on the joke, and it's just like, it's like a very sinister Lex Luthor sort of tone right there. (laughs) Random. But he looks to make sure no one's watching again, and then he turns on this instruction video for a machine he has, and one, it's Harvey Corman again, because he keeps showing up in these videos. No blackface this time, now he's a robot trying to give you instructions on how to convert Lumpy's little machine into this sort of voice translator where he's going to fake the commander's voice and fool the troopers into leaving. Which was At cool. least they moved away from blackface for Pete's freaking sake. Yeah, now he's doing this, like, Jones from Police Academy bit with the robot noises, and he kind of, like, he's trying to keep himself from shutting down. <laughs> Thank you for selecting our brand of mini-transmitter. If you assemble it properly, following the instructions I am about to give you, it will provide many years of fun and valuable service for you. And he's wearing this weird smoking jacket that's both futuristic and super 70s at the same time. It had to be 70s. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't have a choice. <laughs> that's what I love about Star Wars. It's like all the clothes look both fashion forward and super dated at once. Yeah, that's true. 
That's a that's hard to pull off. <laughs> it really is. But I mean, that's sci-fi. That's true. That is part of the sci-fi genre. Right. Mm-hmm. It's either like super 60s aesthetic or super 70s aesthetic. Yeah. But while that's going on upstairs, all the other troopers are down watching TV downstairs. And it's life on Tatooine where we're back in the Moss Eisley Cantina and Greedo's there. So we know this video is out of date. Yep. And it's Harvey Corman again back on another planet as this creepy dude who pours his drinks into a hole on the top of his head. And he's trying to win the affections of the bartender. And it's B. Arthur. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's the huge get for this special, not Jefferson Starship. It's B. Arthur. What'll it be? Hello, Acmina. Okay, we'll do it your way. Hello. Now we'll do it my way. What'll it be? Can we talk? Well, of course we can talk. We are talking. You're not ordering. I'm not pouring. We are not drinking. We are talking. Yeah, I actually kind of love her in this. Um, oh, yeah. She's so, like, herself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and this is like years before Golden Girls, which I didn't realize when I first watched this. And then I did the math and it's like, oh, this is before she was Dorothy. Because you watch, you and I watch it years after it was Golden Girls. Yeah. And that's, you know, like, so, like, hey, it's Golden Girls. Oh, yeah. But no, she, she gets to be herself and she's just, she's the bartender trying to make everybody happy except for creepy Harvey Corman. What's his character's name? Like Krellman or something. And here the joke is he had misunderstood B. Arthur's farewell to everybody as they leave the bar. Come back soon. I'll be waiting. I have business to attend to. I really have no time for anything else. You'll change your mind. I just know you will. Six simple little words. I can wait forever to hear it again because I know. Come back soon. I'll be waiting. This whole scene gave me bad vibes. Did it give you bad vibes? I don't think it gave me bad vibes only because I, again, like none of that stuff stuck when I was a kid. And that's like the most, like that's the impression I have of it. So the only thing that was creepy now is the like porn scene. The rest of it is like, oh yeah, BRC was in it. Here we go. All right. Because we all fall asleep when we rewatch it. We never get this far. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) This is what I get for trying so hard to stay awake through it. I should have done it your way. Yeah, no, I think your mistake is staying awake. <laughs> yeah, well. When you fall asleep and you watch it through, like, the hazy dream universe, it's much more magical. And then you wonder, like, did I dream half of that? No, it was real. It was all, it was yeah, all true. Yeah, but maybe I just did dream half of it. I don't even know. That would make a lot more sense than it actually existing. Right. And what, basically, like, Tatooine is under curfew, right? Yes. It was hard to tell whether that was real life or that was in this. It was some kind of promotional video. And she sings a song, right? Oh, she has this whole number. It's it's basically the closing time of this cantina. (laughs) Right. It's a last call song. It's just just one more round friend. And it goes on for another five minutes. It's closing time Star Wars edition. It's called Good Night But Not Goodbye. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Set to the theme of the Cantina Band. Yes! Are those official lyrics? I mean, I think so. Just one more round, friend. Then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. 
just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme, friend. Yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know time, friend. Time can fly. So it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye. See, I'm torn because they do that twice. They do it for this song, and then at the end, we're going to skip. We have Leia sing this Life Day song to the main title theme of Star Wars. Hey, you know what the main theme of Star Wars was missing? Lyrics. Right. (laughs) About peace on Earth and other planets. And the tree of life. (laughs) And the tree of life that we've never seen before and will never see again. Also, they're, like, in space, like, walking through space. like It's space church. Space church. They go to space church. And the tree of life. Let's skip to that. We said everything we need to say about B. Arthur, so, all right. <laughs> yeah, we did. So, Lumpy <laughs> uses his little translation device and, you know, tricks all the stormtroopers with this return to base, return to base, and it works. Because they're stupid. Oh, yeah. As, As we know. We know. Stormtroopers is dumb. Uh, but they, you know, one stays behind to kind of wait for Chewie to come home, which he does. Uh, but then Han kind of sneaks up and disarms him from behind, sending him falling to his death. Wilhelm screaming all. That, I mean, that is classic. You got to give him props for adding something from like an actual like movie style. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they could afford. Yeah. They're like, OK, eight million dollars for the Wilhelm scream. Cool. That's all we'll have. <laughs> all right. Guess you're wearing a ton of really cheesy makeup. Because we don't have a budget. <laughs> but we see Han, like, actually genuinely happy that he got Chewie home. And then we say, you know, you guys are like family to me. And he gives Chewie a hug goodbye. And, okay, we do see a hint of that Han when we met him in Solo. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I was a little sad that in Solo they didn't really deal with the life debt. You know, it didn't feel like. Yeah. Is that it? Is that just, I helped you escape from slavery, which is a big deal, but that's... A huge deal. I mean, a huge deal, but, like, to earn a life debt, like... No, they save each other's lives a couple of times, and then it's just like, all right, we're bros now. Yeah, like, saving someone from slavery is essentially saving their life, but Mm -hmm. I guess the way I've always thought about it was different, so, I don't know, to be put in that way, I was like, oh, well... That doesn't feel like it earned a life debt, but I'm sure it did. If I was in slavery and someone saved me, I'm sure I would feel indebted by my with my life. But yeah. I don't know. We may also be looking at this as like, you know, nowadays the big modern life debt story I know is Wormtail and Harry Potter. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's the one. And I just recently watched those last two Deathly Hallow movies again. So that's, well, they didn't really deal with that then. He just got conked on the head and it's just like, ow. That's it. Yeah. No, like, strangle. I was so angry when that happened. I was like, wait, that's supposed to no, know, and bye. Uh, and out. Nope, he's gone forever, folks. But then we go, yeah, uh, we have Chewie and Mala have an emotional five-week reunion hug. <laughs> and then it's time to break out the mysterious Life Day teleportation spheres. We're going to space church. So weird, traveling into the star or something, and they walk 
Like they're in the red robes. Yeah, they're in these red robes. It's like a choir robe, which, okay, all right, I'll buy that. But you're just walking into this glowing light portal from the depths of the starry void. How does that happen? Okay, but also, how does the rest of them get up there? How do Luke, Leia, Han, 3PO, and R2 get up into the life tree thing? They're not Wookiees. They have their own little magic spheres. They're not. I don't know. It's not their celebration of life. Everybody in Chewie's family got a plus one. I guess. And then the droids count as half each. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing there. But 3PO makes a comment of how he wishes he was truly alive on this day, and that gets deep. (laughs) And Leia gives the speech. Yeah, we have, well, first we have Luke rushing in, and again, it's like, Chewbacca, Chewbacca, and I'm like, really, dude? Chewbacca, Chewbacca, we were so relieved to hear you were all right. Chewbacca, the Wookiee from the planet Kashyyyk, it's you! (laughs) The galaxy's least sincere greeting. Not that other Chewbacca, not to be confused (laughs) with other Chewbacca. From, from Corellia. <laughs> same Chewy, by the way. Same Chewy. <laughs> I know. It's just very weird. I don't, again, I don't know how long they've actually known each other after the story of A New Hope, which we go through. This is, we're setting up. Okay, we talked about Leia sings her Star Wars main title theme song. We celebrate a day of peace, a day of harmony. Life day, this is life day. Remember <laughs> life day, cause it's today. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> that was better than the actual song. I know. I, I, I mean, <laughs> well done. I That's know. it now. <laughs> You're welcome. And then we close with. Okay, the very last scene is just Chewie and his family back at home, hands together in prayer and roll credits, and that's very sweet. But between that and Leia's song, we see this montage of scenes from A New Hope, but with Chewie as the hero, (laughs) which I think is great. It's just like, you see, this is what you get when you don't give me a medal. This is my time. This is my holiday. Right, and he and it says like he promises he's going to return to them, so he is staying on Kashyyyk, essentially, right? I guess so until it's you know time to go to work again. Because when we see them in that end scene, like around the table, everyone else is gone, and it's just the Wookiee family. I mean, so that it's winter break. Right, that suggests <laughs> that he wasn't with Han at some portion. So there's sure. more to the story. He's like, look, man, I get three weeks vacation and you're going to let me have that on life day. He's like, I don't ask for much on, but when I take vacation, I expect to have the phone turned off. (laughs) Don't you call me. (laughs) Well, if people want to invite you to Space Church, Liz, where are all the places they can find you on the Internet? (laughs) Uh, Invitations to Space Church should be sent to um, uh, my Twitter is... Well, we recorded this one so long ago that Lizzie's Twitter name has changed. You can now find her at TWT About Lizzie. That's short for The Wonderful Thing About Lizzie. And that's her website, thewonderfulthingaboutlizzie.com. That's all. Post Mike out. That is where you should send your invitation <clears throat> to Life Church, Space Church. Uh, I, will, I can sing the song for you. I'd be happy to do that <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> all right. 
That's public record now, folks. Available for opening space. Trips. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm a big fan of your new podcast, uh, Guardians of the MCU. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Which, yeah. Sorry. I'm also. I also podcast. Right. <laughs> I forgot. Um, I podcast with Random Chatter Network. Um, we have. I'm on four podcasts over there. Uh, Random Chatter has a flagship podcast. I'm on that. I'm on one called Movie Rampage. Um, it's once a month, uh, and we talk about uh, obviously different movies. Um, yeah, and then I'm on Guardians of the MCU, which is our brand mm-hmm. new one, um, which we are talking all MCU all the time. Yes. Uh, and then I'm on Fangirl Confessional, which is ladies only, but we talk about all nerdy things. Um, and it's about basically how fandoms have become sort of divisive, and we wanted to create a safe space where we can talk about our little guilty pleasures and how that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Everything is acceptable. So that's what we talk about. So yeah, podcasting. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Liz, thank you so much for spending this 40th annual life day with me. 41st, actually. Oh. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> there's not a lot of places where you can like comprehensively break down the holiday special. So I really appreciate you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, anytime. This was quite the adventure. And we made it, guy. We did it. And we now <laughs> The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network. To find more shows like this one, visit christmaspodcastnetwork.com. You love Christmas, I'm sure. But sometimes the same old traditions are too traditional. Sometimes you want to see Santa stuff a kid in his sack. Sometimes you want Christmas dinner to come alive and threaten you with knives and forks. Sometimes you just need Christmas to get a bit weird. Weird Christmas has you covered. Check out podcasts filled with annoying Christmas music, proof that St. Nick came from magic mushrooms, and talk about Christmas specials so disturbing you won't sleep for days. Now available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Weirdchristmas.com. Oh, oh, holy Mary, that's different. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... (laughs) 